Conservative talk show host. I've been waiting for this night to come. Get up. Now it's time for me to take my place. The makeup running down my face. Broadcasting from his undisclosed bunker studios, the dawn of Las Vegas, Steve Sanchez. Steve Sanchez, 101.5 FM, 720 AM, on The Talk of Las Vegas. Hour number two, Tuesday edition of the show, 702-257-5396 is how you weigh in on the conversation. If you're just joining us this hour, it's a continuation of really the odd, concerning agenda of the left War against the police. War against anybody that is this anti-social justice, systemic racism, ridiculousness that continues to keep playing out. But I wanted to update you on the event, the peaceful protest that Donald Trump held on Sunday up in Reno, but more specifically because it affects us here, uh, Henderson, Las Vegas, okay? Um, the business extreme manufacturing, okay? was in fact fined. Remember, the uh, Governor Sisolak would just, just flipped out. Violent Temper Sisolak flipped out and was considering not only hefty fines, but revoking the business license of extreme manufacturing. And so, you know, the governor called it reckless and selfish and uh, is concerned that there's going to be this spike in uh, COVID cases, et cetera, et cetera. Now, uh, Mr. Don Ahern, I believe is, is his last name, uh, was, is the owner of the, um, of extreme manufacturing. So he got the $3,000 fine for the COVID-19 violation. Now, there's nothing else that's been said in terms of him losing either by suspension or permanently his, uh, his business license. But, you know, I, I know that's not a lot of money, but it's still a hell of a lot of money. I mean, if you know what I'm saying. And it's just hypocritical because the governor not too long ago was in that restaurant and, you know, he had the live music there. And a lot of people have found that to be, in essence, you know, hypoc hypocritical. And it is. And that's my opinion. Now, some are going to have different opinion and say that, you know, uh, this was um, completely reckless, completely selfish. And we talked about that yesterday quite a bit. But I guess why I'm saying it's so hypocritical, forget the governor for a moment, you know, having dinner without a mask and, you know, listening to live music and there wasn't proper social distancing. That was just about a month ago. Forget that for a moment. Put that on the shelf for a moment. What I find even more hypocritical is why wasn't the Black Lives Matter organization fined when they were peaceful protesting a couple months ago at the Las Vegas Boulevard at the height of the pandemic because you know they were Black Lives Matter I mean they were out there so why not send a fine to the headquarters of Black Lives Matter I'll tell you why this is purely political because if it wasn't Trump we wouldn't have had 
a issue. Now, of course, I get it. The governor's the executive of the state. He has mandates. He has restrictions. And I understand that. But it's hypocritical when you let, allow one group to get away with it and you allow another group to go through the fire, so to speak. And that's what's happening with Don Ahern of Extreme Manufacturing. Now, because of this, of course, we're having Nevada officials starting to scream. And they're projecting COVID-19 uh, is going to uptick from these what they're calling rallies. You can call them a rally. You can call it an event. You can call it what the Trump campaign is calling it, uh, a peaceful protest. I don't give two craps what you call it. I just believe that Nevada is so sick and tired of being on lockdown like a caged animal that they're ready to get their lives back to normal. That's what I believe. How about you? I mean, is that what you believe? I think most people believe that and agree with that. But... Officials are saying that this was reckless and selfish and there's going to be a projected uptick. How do we know that? Is there a certain science that proves this? Now, some will say, Steve, that's a silly thing to say because, yes, the science proves, like when Florida opened up and, you know, this herd immunity happened and when Sturgis, there was this little bit of uptick. Okay, so there's going to be a little bit of an uptick. But does that mean there's going to be an uptick where people are going to get horribly sick and die? We don't know that. This is why they keep pushing, you know, go get tested, even though testing is way down in Nevada and Las Vegas, because people are freaking sick and tired of hearing about COVID-19, which I don't blame them, because casinos are not open to capacity. There's still no concerts. There's still no music events. I mean, my God, the strip looks very different. It's going to look like Ghetto Central in a couple months, because all you continue to keep having there is fights and thuggish criminal behavior. That is not what the Las Vegas Boulevard was about. The Las Vegas Boulevard was about bringing people of influence in to spend money, not only at the poker tables, but on the shows, on the shopping, at the restaurants, in the hotels. And yes, there is an offer for every walk of life. But right now, you're seeing a criminal element starting to take over the Las Vegas Boulevard. And if we're not careful, we're going to see frickin' Sunset or Hollywood Boulevard in the next two months. I'm telling you, history shows that if we're not careful and cautious, there will be a problem. But how do we know? Why are we so pessimistic versus being optimists? So as I was reading what these Nevada officials are saying, I started going back through what the governor has said over these last few months during the pandemic. I found it interesting. I found it interesting because I went back and I read some of the many, many statements Governor Sisolak has made, many inept, because he's an inept governor. But the one that stuck out to me, the one that stood out was on May 22nd. It was when he addressed the community, and I was reading some of the transcript. But on May 22nd, you know, he was talking about, you know, and we were right in the middle of stuff. I mean, things were happening. You know it, and I know it. And, you know, we were targeting June 4th as a reopening. We didn't know what was going to happen. People are flipping out. You know, people thought they were only going to be furloughed for a small period of time. I mean, remember, we were only supposed to, you know, be shut down for two weeks to stop the spread, and, and it just didn't turn out. Here we are six months later. But Sisolak has made it very clear time and time again that he was going to allow the science to direct his path. If you recall, many times he made that statement. He's going to allow the science 
to direct the path of how he was going to really open up Las Vegas, specifically open up Las Vegas. And on May 22nd, I take you back to a statement he made, and he basically stated that he did not feel that Las Vegas would be completely opened or at least being back to normal unless there was a vaccine. Now, the reason I bring this up, because we're all debating vaccines, should we have a vaccine, shouldn't we? I guess the reason I'm bringing this up is I started thinking about this. Do you think really this might be what Governor Sisolak is waiting for? Maybe this is what California is waiting for, for this big push on vaccines. Now, some of you may say, there he goes, talking about a vaccine again. No, 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 this is really relevant. This is really important because of the events that Donald Trump had this weekend and because Nevada officials are saying there's going to be this uptick. And let's be honest, Las Vegas and Nevada as a whole, specifically Las Vegas, is not, and I repeat, not opened up to where it should be, and people's lives are being lost. People are selling their house so they can make a profit and get the hell out of Las Vegas and go find a life somewhere else. That's sad, that's scary, and watch the real estate market in a year if we don't get things uh, fixed very, very quickly. So some are saying maybe this is what Sisolak is waiting for, for a vaccine. Maybe he's never going to open up Las Vegas or Nevada completely until there's a vaccine. On May 22nd, he said that. He said that he didn't see Las Vegas or Nevada being back to normal until there was a vaccine. He said it. I didn't. So here's my question. Do you think there's this possibility that this man is waiting for a vaccine, and if we don't get one anytime soon, that he's not going to open up Nevada to where it needs to be opened up. Is there that possibility? I'm opening up the phone lines. 702-257-5396. 702-257-5396. Could that be a very real possibility? And worse yet, worse yet, do you think possibly... If Donald Trump wins the election, which I believe he will, he's going to mandate a vaccine. Now, some will say, Steve, we've had this conversation before. There's no way he can mandate a vaccine. There's no state. It's unconstitutional. There's no way that he can do that. Well, I got news for you. There's a case called Jacobson versus Massachusetts. It's a hundred-year-old case that the courts are still using today. And the Supreme Court explained that an individual's liberty rights under the U.S. Constitution are not absolute. And the mandatory vaccination law was necessary at that time to promote public health and safety. So Jacobson versus Massachusetts is over a hundred years old. But it's still very relevant today. And I got news for you, friends. I got news for you, my patriots. It could be very much relevant today in terms of forcing you to take that damn shot in your arm. 1905, landmark case, Jacobson versus Massachusetts. The Supreme Court upheld the constitutionality of the law. Think about that one. This is regarding smallpox vaccine. Think about that one. So could that possibly be a possibility if Trump is reelected, which I think you know he will be? Are they going to use this to further their agenda 
their agenda of this national vaccine. Because guess what? Even if the state doesn't go that draconian, let's say Sisolak doesn't go that draconian, you know employers can, right? Employers can require that based on Jacobson versus Massachusetts. And do you know that the federal government can require it if you're going to travel? That means get on an airplane. If you're going to go on public transportation, it could be mandated. So don't tell me that this vaccine thing is over. Oh, friends, it's just begun. But I'm the only one that has the guts to tell you it. Because nobody else wants to tiptoe through the tulips. Everybody wants to wait until it makes the news. Well, I'm a newsmaker. And I'm telling you, Jacobson versus Massachusetts is a very real case. And if, if the state government, Sisolak, believes it's necessary for the public, he can make that happen. It's a fact with a capital F. I mean, just go look it up yourself. I'm opening up the phone lines. What do you think about that, friends? Do you think that's a possibility? Do you think the sick, twisted behavior and ideology of the far left could actually go down this road? Yeah, I think they could. 702 257-5396 is how you weigh in on the conversation. Quick break, and then we're going to come back and take your calls. Don't go away. program steve sanchez hanging out with the tuesday edition of the show this half hour being brought to you by ed the old school banker over at fws lending you know right now people thankfully are getting back to work many people and you know the pandemic is something you're putting behind you but you're looking at your finances and well During the pandemic, you had to make some tough decisions. So right now, you might be short of some cash, and you need cash now. You know, $1,000, $2,000, up to $5,000. You don't want to go to a bank because your credit's not great, and you know they're going to turn you down. And then you see these national lenders on TV that basically state that they can stand on their head to make you a deal. And, you know, that's just, you know, a bait and switch. You know that. Yeah, I mean, you know that. Just go read the Internet. Well, Ed, the old school banker, has been helping Las Vegas for 32 years. He works with you, knows your name. He helps you with flexible and easy payback programs for you personally. And guess what? Credit's not an issue because that's not a qualifier. As long as you have a good full-time job, you are qualified for 1000 2000 up to 5000 in cash. You don't have to wait 30 days to get it, friends. You get it in 72 hours. That's a fact with a capital F. Here's what's great. He guarantees to be the lowest interest rate in Nevada, and if you find something lower, he will beat that interest rate. And right now, for the Steve Sanchez audience, he's offering you your back-to-work program. That means if you need cash now, your first payment is free so you can get your finances in order before you make any payments. I would take advantage of that because it's like you're getting money for free. Your first payment's free. He's standing by, said he would take your calls. 
until 9 p.m. Pacific time tonight. So give them a call, 702-613-2153. That's 702-613-2153. Ed, the old school lender, FWS Lending, working for Las Vegas for 32 years. You call now, you say you heard this with Steve Sanchez, and your first payment is free. 1000 2000 up to 5000 in cash, no credit, only a good full-time job. Make sure you give them a call. Make sure you tell them you heard it here so you can get that first payment free. We've got a lot of calls on hold, and now we go back to business. Let's go over to Carl. You're next. Welcome to the program. Yes, yeah, Steve. I hope you're wearing your mask and staying well. Yes, I am. I'm wearing my game. Good, good, good. Listen, you mentioned before about the uh, meeting uh, Trump had here in Henderson. Yeah, and uh, I just want to I'll just take me two minutes. You can. Did you enjoy it? Measure, measure, no. <laughs> oh, I thought you I, went. No, I didn't want to get. I sick. saw you there. I, I didn't want to get sick. Carl, uh, I saw you there. All right, it was the one with two okay. heads. I know. Anyway, <laughs> I'm just kidding. Go ahead. <laughs> uh, yeah, uh, reporter, it's on TV. You can see it. Asked him about. Uh, aren't you worried about having such a large crowd? It was like four thousand people. Ninety-five mm-hmm. percent of them no mask and all. Yeah. getting the virus, yeah. and uh, he says, it's on tape, he says, mm. well, I'm not worried, I'm uh, far back from the stage, from the crowd, I mean, not a crowd, I should say, the human petri dish he created. Yeah. Uh, he, he, he I mean, but Carl, do you really health. think, I mean, seriously, because you have a medical background, uh, you know, let's yeah. talk really logically, both you and I, and just really have a true conversation. Do you think possibly... There's going to be this major uptick because if we look at Sturgis, Sturgis didn't have this uptick that they were claiming it would have. So, I mean, I'm, I'm sure there might be, obviously, an uptick. I mean, well, you're going to get around people who can't yeah, help that, but do you think it's going to be that bad? Well, most of it was outdoors. And yeah. the Sturgis, they're riding motorcycles with the mm-hmm. wind going past them and all. It, yeah. It's not the same thing. These are all six inches apart, no yeah. masks. They had a few people with masks in the front on the front row, so it helped protect Trump. And for the cameras, it looked like people are wearing masks, but 98% of them weren't. And they're all jammed together. And uh, it's, it's, it's. But does, don't people it? have the right to yes, be the there? Right. What's going to happen is within 10 to 10 days to two weeks, mm-hmm. people who, who may be, um, uh, what's it, slipped my mind. No, like um, they have an underlying issue? Yeah, well, that, that basically, and, or asymptomatic. Uh, they don't. They're yeah. Uh, they're gonna. They're gonna. They're gonna give it to go home. Give mm-hmm. it to their elderly. Give it yeah. to their relatives. Give it to friends. And you're gonna see what's gonna come from that four thousand people there. Which well, you know, Carl, I'm going to tell you this, and, and I'm up on break, and you make a good argument. I mean, I, I got to give that to you. I mean, obviously, you know, you make a good argument because there is that possibility. There really is, and I'm not denying that. I hope that's not the case. I pray that's not the case. But I guess what people are saying, Carl, and what a lot of people feel that were there uh, at the event is that they've got to get their lives back to normal. And when the CDC has shown the true amount of true COVID-19 cases is better than 9,000, I think people are finally finally saying, you know what, I've, I've got to do something. Right or wrong, it's a free country. I get what you're saying. I guess we can debate it more on the other side. This is Steve Sanchez, 702-257-5396. We'll be right back.
Sanchez hanging out with you, Tuesday edition of the show. I want to remind you, this Friday is the Financial Friday Boot Camp, and it's at 1 p.m., free for all my audience. It's a webinar. Here's what's great about it. If you can't make it, it will be sent to you on demand where you can watch it at a later time. I'm going to have Rick Geiler there hosting it. I'll be a guest host. We've got a lot of people that will be attending, but this one is going to be crucial because you've been seeing the markets up and down. And, you know, my goodness, October's around the corner. You always hear about this October surprise. And I'm just concerned that the Wall Street hucksters and the big banking global cabal are going to have some false manipulation and we're going to see a stock market correction or some type of economic uh, calamity. And that's just my opinion. But, you know, sometimes my gut instinct proves to be correct. Rick Geiler is going to break this down. He's going to explain how you can crash proof your retirement savings. He's going to talk about gold and silver. He's going to talk about the sleep well at night strategy and how you can have an exit strategy and protect yourself. Very important to attend or at least get the uh, webinar sent to you on demand. Two ways to do that. You can call 888-545-7182 and register that way. That's 888-545-7182. Or you can simply go to Financial Friday Boot Camp.com. That's financialfridaybootcamp.com. Register there. You will get the free ebook sent to you uh, regarding what your banker and stockbroker hope you never know. I'm going to tell you that's going to blow your mind and uh, make sure you get that. So that's free for everybody that registers and it's going to have a little bit of a blueprint for you so that if you do attend the webinar live or at least get it on demand, you'll have a track to run on on how you can actually make good decisions for your financial life. Okay, financialfridaybootcamp.com this Friday, 1 p.m. Pacific time. Make sure you're there. I'll be there, and I'll be looking forward to seeing you. All right, we got a lot of calls on hold, so we got to get right back to business here. Let's jump over to Tasha. You're next. Welcome to the program. Hey, Steve, how are you? I'm good, thank you. Good. Hey, I just wanted to touch the, uh, base on the uh, protest, the peaceful protest in Henderson um, with what you were talking about, the up cases uh, due to the protest. Yeah. Um, you know, here's the thing with us Trump supporters, and I don't want to speak for all, but I want to speak about myself. I know the risk. I, they've been jamming it in our ears, our eyes on the TV for five months now. We know the risk. We're getting to the point where enough is enough. We understand we're going to take our precautions if we get sick. Logical, common sense is to stay home, drink tons of water, get your rest, stay away from people until you're better. It's just common sense. Yes, unfortunately, some people don't have the best immune systems, and that's unfortunate. But, I mean, we know the risk, and we're getting sick of it. You know, we're tired of hearing this. We want to get back to our normal life. Tasha, the other side would tell you this, and this is what the last caller said, Carl. The other side will say, well, Tasha, that's great that you're willing to take the risk, but how dare you become reckless and selfish with my life? Because if you're asymptomatic and you go to a restaurant and someone has an underlying issue, could you trans, uh, you know, you know, transfer it to them? That's the other side's argument. How valid is that at this point? And don't get me wrong, the other side has a valid point, but how valid can that continue to be? Because if that's the same, uh, you know, statement that's going to be made all the time, hell, we're never going to get out of this thing. We're going to be locked down forever. 
right? Right? And that's that's what I, I pointed out. If you're sick, stay home. If you're sick, wear a mask. I'm a medical assistant. I went through schooling for a whole year in medical mm-hmm. school. And we were trained, if you're sick, you wear a mask. If you're right, healthy, right. you don't wear a mask. It's up to you in the choice when you go to a protest. If you want to wear a mask, you know, by all means, you have that right to wear a mask. If mm-hmm. you don't want to, I have that right as well, too. Yeah. You know? Well, I mean, so I, 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 I agree. Uh, you know, thank you, and I appreciate the call. Thanks for weighing in. And I didn't know you were a medical assistant. I know you've called before, but no, that that's important. So basically, you know, you had Carl saying, reckless and selfish, don't pass the disease to me if you're asymptomatic. And you've got Tasha, who is in the medical field, saying, hey, wait a minute. It's reasonable to be able to go live life and be a free person, and you have a responsibility that if you do get symptoms and get sick, then you wear a mask, you stay home. I guess Carl and those on the left are saying, how about if you never show symptoms and you're asymptomatic? And I understand that argument, friends. I do. But that argument we can't have forever or we'll never live again. We'll never move forward as a country, as an economy, as a people again. I mean, this was not the way things went down when we had the swine flu. Okay, let's be intellectually honest. And a lot of kids were dying from the swine flu. Okay, I mean, 12, 13,000 people, maybe 20,000. I can't remember the numbers died. Now, some will say, well, there's 180,000 that have died here. Well, if you really go by the CDC, only 9,000 or better were actually see uh, a COVID-19, actual COVID-19. The rest had two uh, or three underlying issues. Look, death is death. We lose a family member. Nobody wants that. Nobody is looking for that. Nobody wants to be sick. I don't want to be sick. Hell, I know I won't die from anything, but my God, I don't want to be sick with the flu or feeling like crap. Nobody does. But then there comes this reasonable thinking to say, as Americans, have we ever walked this way before like scared mice? We don't do this every year in the flu season, which is pretty transferable. A lot of people die every year from the flu, let's be intellectually honest. And we sure as crap didn't do this when the swine flu was here, Ebola, etc. So why do we continue to keep doing this now? Oh, that's right, it's political season. And there's an election in 49 days. Steve Sanchez, 702-257-5396. Let's jump over to Carol, you're next. Welcome to the program. Oh, uh, hi Steve, thanks for taking my call. Sure thing. So I am calling about um, your earlier topic about whether there's, you know, a civil war going on, a war on whites, a war on Trump supporters. I think all three you're right on, uh, that there is. And I wanted to tell you that I was just forced for my part-time job, I don't want to say the name of the company, to take bias training where we had to watch a webinar video. Mm -hmm. And they said that the U.S. was founded on white supremacy and, like, I had to take this training because it's a requirement to keep my job. Okay. And so I feel like white people are being attacked, and I'm being forced to take training where they attack white people, of which I'm one. Can I say something for a moment, Carol? Because yeah. this is what, and, and I just want and, and for you to hear this and others, think about this for a moment, and I think this is important. Do you know that when you say, I was taking, I had to take this class and I feel that white people, do you know that when you say that some people believe you shouldn't be calling yourself white, that when you do that, you're trying to, uh, up yourself in terms of race or, or social level in this country. 
And that's crazy because people call themselves black, brown, red, yellow, and you can't say white. How did we get indoctrinated so much that if someone says, hey, I'm a white person and I feel offended, that you're a racist? I don't know. That's a good point. I mean, some people might be listening to this and say, hey, I'm a racist. But don't you feel that way a little bit? Don't you feel a little funny when you say, as a white person, be honest, in your gut, do you feel that sometimes you think someone's going to take it the wrong way and say, well, I'm trying to elevate myself? When you say, you know, as a white person, I mean, because I've talked to, and I'm a Hispanic, you know, and I'm considered the white race, I guess, I'm a Hispanic, but, uh, you know, and I ask people, and some people say, Steve, I'm even feeling uncomfortable today say, you know, I'm a white person, because people are going to think I'm a racist, and I'm like, that's crazy. You know, I don't feel that way, but I do, I feel uncomfortable, but for a little different reason, I could definitely see your point, but I feel a little uncomfortable when I say I'm white, because... I wasn't raised to say that person's black, that person's Hispanic, that person's white, that person's, you know, Asian, because mm-hmm. we were just raised that, you know, people were equal. That's the way yeah. my parents raised us. Right. And I feel like I'm having to take part in their, like, division of people by just identifying myself. Yeah, no, great, great call, Carol. And I'm telling you, and that's the way I was raised. I'm a Hispanic, you know, and, you know, uh, some of my dad's good friends were black, others were Hispanic, some were white. And to me, we just all were people. I mean, it just wasn't like, oh my God, you're black. Oh my God, you're white. Oh my God, you're a Hispanic. It just wasn't like that. Now, maybe in some areas, that was that way. Maybe in some parts or some, you know, geographical areas around the country, that's a possibility. But we can't say that's the norm. Maybe it was the norm in certain areas at one time pre-1965. But even when we say that, when we look at the history of the country, not everybody felt the same way about, well, you're drinking out of the colored faucet or, or that, that's the colored restroom or you have to sit, you know, in, in, uh, the back of the bus. Not everybody felt that way, thought that way at all. You know it. I know it. People need to know that truth. Oh, there were some that did, and those people will be pigs, and they'll die pigs, and they're fam- I'm sorry, I'll just say it the way it is. See, I say things that people really think. They don't have the guts to say it. I'll say it. People that have that type of racist tendency, I don't care if you're white, black, brown, you're just a slob. You're just a racist slob, and I don't care who you are. It's a heart issue. It's just a heart issue, and I've said this a thousand times. It's not even a skin issue. It's a sin issue. All right, let me go ahead and take a couple calls before we bounce to break. Tony, you're next. Welcome to the program. Hey, brother. Uh, first time listening to the show. You are on fire. I love that you are actually fair and balanced. I appreciate uh, that. You, Thank you. You, you, yeah, yeah, you're giving both sides equal time. Let me just be real quick. Uh, you know, tw- 22 of my 44 years I've been a Republican. Uh, I voted for Trump uh, this time around. Mm-hmm. I will not be voting for Trump this time around. Okay. I, I think it's a t- it's time for us as Republicans to gain regain our party. Uh, th- this is a this is a it's become a, a a cult of personality party now. And I'm glad you brought the po- the point of hypocrisy. And your first caller mentioned that that how you know we need to listen to Trump. Trump said that this is a much more deadly than the flu. It is not the flu. And if we're being intellectually honest, as you said, the mm-hmm. nine thousand or so from the CDC. Yes, that's true. But if we're intellectually honest, 50% of the American population has a pre-existing condition. Okay, yeah, that's so, fair, sure. So, so, so just to say, okay, this person only died of COVID uh, and had no other existing uh, causes, yeah, yeah, that's fine. But 
50% of the American population is walking around like a ticking time bomb where this virus is concerned. And I no, think Tony, that's you say only yeah. 9,000 people die, yeah. you're, really, you're, you're really downplaying it, and, and you're guilty of what the president did. And, well, no, and, and I appreciate that, Tony. And I'm up on break. You can hear the music. But uh, it's a great call, man. And I appreciate you making it. I'd love to chat with you again down the road. Uh, I'll address that statement that you made, and it's a fair one, when we get back from break. This is Steve Sanchez, 702-257-5396. Quick break. Let me come back and respond to Tony. And we'll try to take a couple other calls before we bounce out of here. Don't go away. But I don't, no, I don't mind at all. All right, welcome back. I wanted to respond to Tony, and Tony, I do appreciate the call. Thank you for the compliment. Hope you continue to listen. There's going to be times you like me, and there's going to be times you hate my guts. But that's talk radio, and that's America. The exchange of ideas and differences, but hopefully we still leave off as friends and can go have, you know, a nice, uh, uh, chicken pot pie at the lounge, at the Lakes Lounge. I mean, that's just the way I look at it. Sadly, that's not the way it is anymore. And I'll pull my sword just like anybody, but I would love for it to go back to the way it was where we got along. Now, you know, Tony had said, you know, I'm a registered Republican. I voted for Trump the first time. I'm not going down that road a second time. Uh, and, you know, and I respect that. I don't agree with it. I respect that. But just so we're clear, because Tony's new and listened to the show for the first time, um, I'm a registered independent. And I have been since 2010 when I left the Republican Party, because I think the Republican Republicans and the Democrats are both uh, worthless, uh, to be honest with you. I think there's a handful of Republicans that I like that are conservatives, that are patriots. Uh, Jim Jordan, uh, Andy Biggs, uh, Jim Marchant, who's running for Nevada 4, Dan Rodimer, who's running for Nevada 3, and many others. And I, I've got a list of some people that I just really believe are conservative. They're patriots. They have some libertarian viewpoints. That's me. And I'm an independent. Uh, but I, I'll tell you, I, I believe Trump is our best bet for making America continue to move in the direction it was founded on. God, family, country, loving the flag, loving the country, protecting our borders, protecting our language, our culture, uh, making sure our military, our vets are taken care of, making sure people are taken care of. That, that's, that's, I think we have a better chance with Donald Trump because we sure as hell don't have it with Joe Biden. I mean, the guy's a lunatic and has lost his mind and doesn't even remember what day of the week he, today he was talking about running for reelection as vice president, uh, with Barack Obama. He thought it was 2012 again. Do we really want to trust that guy with the nuclear codes? Now, you know, Tony, you also had said something about, uh, you know, coronavirus and the uptick and, and the COVID deaths. And I agree, you know, in all fairness, yeah, 180,000 people really died and they tested positive for COVID. They did have underlying issues. So, you know, was it COVID? Was it the underlying issue? But I do get your argument. Uh, but no one made that same argument when the swine flu happened. I mean, could we really say that the twelve to 20,000 people that died from swine flu, was it really swine flu or was it the underlying issues that some people had? I mean, see, no one really wants to go back and discuss that and see exactly and pinpoint exactly, you know, what really happened there. And so, you know, I'm going based on the CDC, their numbers. I don't want one person to die. I don't want one person to get sick. This, this, this pandemic has been horrible. We have faced it together as a country and I want everybody protected. And I don't care if you're Republican or Democrat or Christian, non-Christian. We're America, baby. And I love all colors of the crayon box. I'll disagree 
vehemently with people, but at the end of the day, I don't want anybody sick. I don't want anybody hurt. I don't want anybody dead. But we also have to have common sense, and we have to be honest, and we have to sometimes swallow a horse pill of honesty that we just don't want to swallow. All right, this last half hour, Delta Rescue, my friends out there in California doing such a great job. I've got this love of animals, friends, and I know many of you do too. So all I'm asking is that if you consider to look at what Delta's doing as a mission, uh, being the largest no-kill and careful life sanctuary in the world, I'd be, well, forever grateful. My wife and I support Delta Rescue, and they do such a good job rescuing abandoned animals that I think you would feel the same way that you may want to help. If you visit deltarescue.org slash Steve, you can ask for my free estate package that will show you how you can help them and their mission at a later time. I mean, no money now, but just designating at a later time uh, some type of uh, donation at your death through your estate and get tax savings right now in the process. And in a lot of times, income right now in the process to subsidize Social Security, your, your, your retirement income. Yeah, it's crazy. I mean, but it's available. Most people just don't know that. So if you visit DeltaRescue.org slash Steve, ask for my street, uh, free estate package, you'll get that. It'll lay out all you need to know about growing your estate while letting your compassion for animals live well into the future. And as a special thank you, you're going to get the free movie, The Rescuer. It's an award-winning documentary sent out to you just for requesting the free information. DeltaRescue.org slash Steve. All right. I know there was calls on hold. Please accept my apologies. I didn't mean to leave you stranded. But we will go back and uh, get down to some business tomorrow. I am out of here. I've got a great dinner waiting for me at home. That's what my lovely wife said. And my good friend Ken Thompson, SportsX Radio, is up next. Keep it right here on KDWN. This is Steve Sanchez. I'll be back tomorrow night. Until next time, God bless. And we'll catch you on the other side. been listening to steve sanchez for more of steve visit the steve sanchez show.com